Hello and happy Halloween and welcome to another episode of From No Crypto to No Crypto. This is the Crypto Coach Blockchain Wayne with another cryptocurrency podcast. Today's episode brought to us by Coinsierge Club, mobile private key wallet and point of sale solution, helping to make crypto safe, easy and overall process more efficient while costing less, helping to take crypto mainstream. All right, so for the episode we're, we're about to do, I'm going to do a flashback to a year ago. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to play the podcast I posted a year ago, October 31st, 2018. It was the 10-year anniversary, whatever you want to call it, birthday of the Bitcoin white paper when Satoshi Nakamoto released the Bitcoin white paper. So that means today, Halloween 2019, is the 11th birthday of the Bitcoin white paper that Satoshi Nakamoto released. So I'm sharing this for two reasons. One, to give you some insight on the history of the Bitcoin white paper and, and when it was released. And also just to see, because I also used to give market updates at the beginning of every podcast. So you can kind of see where the market was a year ago and compare that to today. You know, some things have changed. Uh, so make sure you, you know, you pay attention to that. Also, it's kind of interesting to see how far things have gone. I was only about six months into podcasting then on episode 64. And now we're going to revisit that so listen in hello and welcome to from no crypto to no crypto this is blockchain wayne bringing you another cryptocurrency podcast today's episode is brought to us by coincierge club mobile private key wallet and point of sale solution coincierge club makes purchasing easy safe and overall process more efficient while costing less helping to make cryptocurrency mainstream all right quick market update because there's not much to talk about the market total market cap right now for all cryptocurrency is sitting at 203 billion dollars exactly where it was yesterday more sideways movement just like we've been seeing uh, bitcoin dominance sitting at 54.17 percent the market is completely flat more sideways movement back to what i referenced if you haven't listened to episode 63 make sure you go ahead and check it out it talks about purgatory which is tom lee talked about it in back in march uh, purgatory is a flat period between the bull market and I mean between the bear market and the bull market so it looks like we're in some purgatory that purgatory period which is before the bear market kicks off says those periods typically last 150 to 175 days looks like we're getting very close to getting to where it should end and we should see a bear a bull market continue all right so biggest thing in the news today Happy birth, 10th birthday to the Bitcoin white paper. So on October 31st, 2008, a link to a paper authored by Satoshi Nakamoto titled Bitcoin, a peer-to-peer electronic cash system was posted to a cryptography mailing list. The paper detailed methods of using a peer-to-peer network to generate what was described as a system for electronic transactions without relying on trust. Uh, This is Satoshi's quotes from that post. He says, I've been working on a new electronic cash system that's fully peer-to-peer with no trusted third party. That's a big key. No trusted third party. So the paper is available at bitcoin.org slash bitcoin. And let's see. It says the main properties. Double spending is prevented with a peer-to-peer network. No mint or other trusted parties. Participants can be anonymous. New coins are made from hashcash style proof of work. The proof of work for new coin generation also powers the network to prevent double spending. And so that's it. So that, that's a key date in Bitcoin history was the publishing of the white paper. Uh, 
And, and then some other key dates. So on January 3rd, 2009, the network came into existence with Satoshi Nakamoto mining the Genesis block of Bitcoin, block number zero, which had a reward of 50 Bitcoins. As you know, those rewards continue to decrease over time. But that was the beginning of Bitcoin, which no matter whether you're bullish on Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency, you got to give it to Bitcoin is the one that proved that the, the concept works uh, and really led to the development of all other cryptocurrencies uh, going forward. So big day for Bitcoin history. So get yourself a Bitcoin birthday cake and celebrate. All right. So. Ron Paul, author and former U.S. representative, has called for exempting all capital gains taxes for precious metals and cryptocurrencies. So that's a, you know, definitely got a lot of people's attention yesterday. Um, you know, he says, U.S. Donald Trump has called the Federal Reserve crazy for raising interest rates three times this year. The Fed has kept interest rates tight despite the market correction this year. And Ron Paul, who ran for office of the Libertarian Party, agrees with Donald Trump on this matter, along with he also added that uh, basically precious metals and cryptocurrency should be exempt from capital gains taxes. Um, and he said, in contrast to market money, government created fiat currency is anything but stable. Central banks constantly increase and decrease the money supply in an attempt to control the economy by controlling interest rates. This causes individuals to misread market conditions leading to misallocation of resources this can create an illusion of prosperity, but eventually reality catches up to the Federal Reserve created fantasies. When this happens, there's a recession or worse, leading the Fed to start the whole boom and bust cycle over again. Ron, now Ron's been a believer of Bitcoin since the early days. He's been an advocate of the gold standard. He's even said that Bitcoin could actually bring back the gold standard. If you're not familiar with the gold standard, so the gold standard initially started where every U.S. dollar was backed in value by gold, right? And Back when Nixon was in office for a short period of time, he took us off of the gold standard. So back in the 70s, and I still hear this every day you have people say, especially when they're comparing the cryptocurrency, they say cryptocurrency has no value. It's not backed by gold like the dollar is when actually they are clueless because the dollar is not backed by gold at all. In fact, the U.S. dollar is only backed by debt right now. So in this article, he goes on to call for an audit of the Fed and urges government to allow people to use alternative currencies like precious metals and cryptocurrencies by cutting off all capital gains taxes. So very interesting here. Uh, he's definitely got my vote when it comes to that. So we'll see what happens going forward. Uh, but, you know, Ron Paul is, is, is a good guy. In my, <laughs> and, you know, he's got my vote right now with that, uh, with that uh, article coming out yesterday. So next up, so our venture capitalist, Benedict Evans, is one of the most successful venture capital firms in the world, has said that crypto is quite similar to the internet in 1993. Uh, as with any other emerging technology or market, the cryptocurrency space has seen a large number of failed projects and scams over the past several years. However, if investors focus on the failed projects and fraudulent operations in the exponentially growing cryptocurrency sector, it would be like dismissing the internet in 1999 based on the lack of progress of Usenet QCAT and Boo.com, right? So a lot of internet companies that were went bust. So crypto today has a lot in common with both the internet 93 and the internet 99. Huge potential with few of the use cases inventing it combined with froth, scams, and delusion. So this makes it easier to dismiss, but dismissing crypto as a useless scam is much like looking at Usenet, QCAT, and Boo.com and dismissing the internet. It makes applications for the enabling layer, right? So we are starting to see a lot of the infrastructure go into place. 
And like you said, there was an article back in 95 basically saying that the internet was just a fad. It would never catch on, right? And that's what people were saying about cryptocurrencies. But you can't deny the amount of money that's going into this into this space and what's happening in the background, regardless of what the price of Bitcoin is today, tomorrow, six months ago, six months from now, cryptocurrency and blockchain technology is going to really change a lot of things. There's a lot of problems that blockchain technology solves. A lot of problems that cryptocurrency solves, right? So, he, and you know, Satoshi talked about it when he released his white paper, peer-to-peer uh, cash system without the need for a trusted third party. Um, so that's what's going on. Don't dismiss crypto. Just like you, people dismissed the internet back in the 90s. I'm sure there's some people listening to this that probably had the opportunity to invest in some dot-com companies back in the late 90s, early 2000s, and didn't. And because of that, you know, this is your chance not to miss it again. All right, so Goldman Sachs has also quietly begun signing up a limited number of customers for its yet-to-launch Bitcoin trading product. Uh, so citing a source familiar with the matter, The Block reports that the 149-year-old bank has onboarded a small number of clients to actively trade the derivative, a non-deliverable forward, which is a cash-settled product that is comparable to futures contract but doesn't trade on an exchange. The bank continues to consider launching custody services for crypto assets as well. Uh, Goldman Sachs is one of those that are back and forth, kind of wishy-washy when it comes to whether or not they want to get involved in crypto. But it's, you know, according to this, they are already making the moves. And a lot of the big companies, they're going to really have a lot of the moves made before it hits the mainstream media. Uh, so when you hear something about, you know, they're looking into something, you can bet that there's always been, there are, there's already been quite a bit of work put into it. All right. So found this interesting article also. So the developer that formalized the code underlying most initial coin offerings, Ethereum's ERC-20 token standard, has proposed a new approach in a bid to make the funding schemes more safe for would-be investors. So he was speaking in Prague on Tuesday at DevCon 4, Ethereum's annual developer conference. Um, developer Fabian Vogelsteller proposed a reversible ICO, or RICO, that would allow token investors to take back their funds at any stage in that project's lifespan. Specifically, the concept involves the creation of a special purpose smart contract that allows investors to reverse their funding commitment. You're able to withdraw the funds you committed at any point of time, and you do this by simply sending back your tokens. Uh, Vogelsteller told the audience, once Ether has been refunded, other investors can buy in. Vogelsteller continued, because this is likely to lead to fluctuation in the value Underlying project, Volgershow said the startups will need some base funding from private investors outside of the ICO as well, which is good because if total funding is based on ICO, then it may not be a very stable product. So this is this is an interesting concept. Curious to see how this will roll out. All right. So next up, we're going to take a quick look at crypto education. And today, I don't have a lot when it comes to crypto education, but I wanted to revisit some apps, right? So just about everybody listening to this, and I would guarantee probably everybody listening to this has a smartphone, right? So if you have a smartphone, there are certain apps you can use to help you with um, crypto in, in many different ways, and, and not just crypto, but security. So I'm going to go through a, a, a handful of lists that I put together just to make sure uh, that you are utilizing some, some apps to help uh, keep up with what's going on in crypto. So the first one is security, right? You want to make sure you have either Google Authenticate and or the Authy app, right? So those give you two-factor authentication, the ability to add a second layer of security whenever you're logging into any accounts. And, and two-factor authentication is not just for crypto accounts, right? 
I use two-factor authentication on my email addresses. I use it on Facebook. I use it on, on many different things. Anything that allows me to use two-factor authentication, I use it because even if someone hacks my username and password, they still cannot get in without having that authentication code that's on my phone. Now, whenever you create an, a Google Authenticate code for, for an account, you want to make sure you write down your backup key somewhere because that is what you will need to reset your account if you forget your password. If, say, your phone gets stolen and you can't log back into Google Authenticate or your phone breaks and is no longer usable, right? You need to be able to reset that two-factor authentication on a new device. So you want to write down those backup keys. It's no different than when you create crypto wallets and, and writing down your backup keys there as well. Um, CoinStats. CoinStats is one that I use often. Uh, just keep up with with day-to-day -day price. You can also set alerts in there. So if there's a certain price you want to trigger an alert, whether it's to buy, whether it's to sell, whether it's just to know what's going on, set those alerts up. That way you're not checking the price every hour. Uh, but CoinStats is a very good one. So you've got the Edge Wallet. The Edge Wallet I found has been one of the most user-friendly wallets uh, out there other than Abra. So I talked about Abra yesterday. Uh, in the last episode, should I say, Abra is also a, it's a very easy user interface for wallets uh, as well. But Edge and Abra are two wallets that I've been using quite frequently and great user interface really makes it easy. And that's really what it's about is making it easier for the customer. So also Coinbase, Coinbase does have an app. If you're utilizing Coinbase, you want to have the Coinbase app. Makes it very easy to buy and sell if you have an account link, if you have a bank account linked to Coinbase. You know, it's one of those, it, gets, it catches a lot of slack, but it is one of the easiest entries into crypto. Um, Bundle. Bundle is one that was just featured on a Shark Tank two days ago. Uh, well, I watched it two days ago, should I say. It probably aired Friday. But Bundle is a crypto investing app that allows you to link a bank account and round up your purchases to the next dollar or add a dollar or add 50 cents to a purchase which allows you to slowly put away money into crypto. It's B-U-N-D-I-L. Uh, it, it is now 50% owned by Kevin O'Leary, who is one of the sharks on Shark Tank. Uh, so I, I would expect to see big things coming from Bundle soon. I know it's early. I know they probably still have some glitches to work out, but this is one that I've downloaded and am very bullish on. So Coin ATM Radar. Coin ATM Radar is an app that allows you to see which, coin, which Bitcoin ATMs are in your area. It shows you what's on those, what, you know, what, what cryptocurrencies other than Bitcoin are on there. And then you can also filter it down whether it's buy only. Many Bitcoin ATMs are buy only. And then it's buy or sell, right? So there's going to be a, a, a new crypto ATM that's going to be coming on the market very soon. It's going to really uh, revolutionize crypto ATMs. But right now, Coin ATM Radar is a great one that shows where those things are. Um, Blockfolio or Delta. So Blockfolio and Delta are very similar to CoinStat, so you, you can pick one, but one of the things they also allow you to do is enter your holdings. So if you buy something, you can enter that in there, enter the price that you bought it at, and it'll track your profit loss, just your overall portfolio, if you have all of your holdings entered into, whether it's Blockfolio or CoinStats or Delta, it allows you to track those. Um, Cointelegraph, Cointelegraph has an app as well. Now, Cointelegraph is one of the the crypto news uh, websites that I use very frequently to get um, to get data, to get information for this podcast, Cointelegraph, CCN, those are the top two that I use. Now, CCN.com does not have an app, but I, you can go to CCN.com to keep up with the news, Cointelegraph as well. And also, 
Meetup. So Meetups is not a crypto app, but Meetup is gives you the ability to search your area and see if there's any meetups in your area, whether it's crypto meetups, blockchain meetups. You can you can really go to those network. You learn a lot from those people that, that are at those. Uh, so it's very valuable resource and there's more popping up all the time. So just look for one in your area. If there's not one, hey, create one because, you know, collaboration is the key to what's going to drive crypto adoption. And you also learn about a lot of these things that you may not be aware of. Every time I've been to a meetup, I've learned something from somebody that I didn't know, whether I was the one hosting the meetup or I was just attending someone else's meetup. All right. And then also Binance. If you use Binance, they also have a mobile app. Now, a word of warning. So don't just download an exchange app uh, just because you see it on there, right? And I'll give you an example. So last year, Poloniex, which is at the time, you know, Poloniex is one of the major exchanges. They haven't been relevant that, that much lately. But Poloniex last year was one of the most used uh, exchanges prior to Binance. Now, there, in the Google Play Store on Android, there was a Poloniex app that was a fake. It was basically put out there to capture your login information, which would then allow people, allow someone to hack into your account. So then Poloniex issued a statement saying that they'd had no app, that it was not it was not real and, and telling people not to download it. Right. So uh, you want to be careful with that. Now, my suggestion for that is if you go to the, the main exchange website and it, it says on there that they have an app, download an app from there, then you can you can bet that that one is safe. Right. That that's not going to be a problem like Binance. Went to Binance, saw Binance was, you know, posted on their website that they have a mobile app. So I felt good downloading that. But like I said, Poloniex did not. Uh, so you want to make sure before you download any kind of as new exchanges come online and new exchanges get popular. Uh, if an app pops up for that exchange, just verify on the website that it is a legitimate app and that will protect yourself. All right. Uh, so that is it for episode today. That's it for our crypto education. I want to thank you for listening in and we will catch you on the next episode.